0: Welcome to the Cross Council Podcast, where we believe that negative emotions should not run your life. Join Mary Carlton and Steve Freitag as they share the keys they've learned from over 20 years of helping people find genuine freedom and live a more meaningful life through the truth, love, and healing of Jesus. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back to the show. I, of course, am your host, John crevillian and this is part two of the conversation that we started last week and uh yeah this is just the continuation of that discussion we've got some cool points coming up one of my favorites is one of the first things we cover in this episode is talking about people can feel the love that you're giving out and uh yeah it's a great conversation can't wait for you guys to hear it we're going to get started in just a minute here but first we're going to get a quick word from jenny
1: hi this is jenny my role is to manage the relationship between you and cross council It's been a pleasure connecting with so many of you over the years, and we're so grateful that you are a part of the growing number of people tuning into our podcast. More than ever before, people are realizing the importance of maintaining mental health, but they're still struggling to find genuine and lasting peace. However, more and more people are coming to cross-counsel, engaging in our MELT process and finding genuine freedom from lifelong burdens, including depression, anxiety, and addiction. God is truly blessing our ministry, and we are growing faster than ever before, which is why I want to take a moment to invite you to partner with us. We have never turned anyone away for their inability to pay for a session, and our team of donors is vital to keeping that a reality. Please join our team. With your support, we can continue to offer the profound healing of transformational prayer that has helped so many find real and lasting peace. Just go to CrossCouncil.com and click the Donate button to get started. We can't do this alone. And your generous monthly gift will change someone's life.
2: As I tell people, if you don't quit, you will win because he's faithful. Absolutely. And we've just seen it too many times. That's been proven to us. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Right. And going back to the passage uh, to your point, Mary, of course, there's the, the first verse that says, whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. Then some people will think, well, I've sinned. Am I not a believer? I think what, Peter is trying to say is like there's this change in in aim goals like when you trust Christ and I think we've cheapened the gospel it's like this idea that I'm no longer walking this way I choose to follow Jesus and sometimes that's a little muddy for people when they come to Christ but I think what Peter is trying to say is when you've suffered in the body and you've allowed God's holy spirit to change you from the inside out you're done with just Defaulting to sin, all the like, and even choosing intentionally to live a certain lifestyle or do certain things. It's yeah, I'm not going to live a sinless life, but I'm pointed toward Jesus, and I happen to sin. Mm-hmm. I think because we've not made the gospel clear, some people come to Christ with this misunderstanding of what it really means to give your life to Jesus, and it's just like, oh, I'll just take that too. It sounds good. I'll go to I, I, I'll go to heaven for eternity. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And then so. So Peter says later, verse 7, he says, the end of all things is near. And here's just bringing it full circle here. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. That's like allowing God to correct your thinking, the sober-mindedness, coming out of your drunkenness of sin, your drunkenness of living the way the world lives. As, As you allow the Lord to partner with you as you turn around, then you can also, as he says, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Well, we could talk about that yeah. too.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Oh, my gosh. That love. I mean, how many of us, when we're around people that are sinning, family, spouses, people we work with, you know, sinning in the way of maybe being dishonest or getting angry at us for no reason not doing what we've asked, not loving us the way we need, you know, whatever we call their behavior that we would like to change. You know, how many of us can actually just feel at peace and love them regardless? Yeah, I see that. I love you. You know, I love you just and really mean it, not just saying it like we get Mm -hmm. so programmed to do. I mean, people can feel your love. That's that's the thing that people felt when Jesus was around, that overwhelming, accepting, unconditional love for them that just melted their hearts and pulled them to him. He's the same today and Him, his spirit in us, that's the desire that he still has is to draw people close by unconditional acceptance and love. And the sin, if they've accept, accepted him as their savior and they've accepted his forgiveness, their sin is already dealt with. It's They've already received the payment for anything they've done or will do. So just having that kind of love for them, not condemning, it's very transformational and, and draws people to Jesus. But that's that kind of heart and that that kind of um attitude toward people comes from allowing him to deal with those deep things in our heart where we've been hurt, where we have not been loved, where we have not been accepted, right? You can't give someone acceptance if you yourself have not been accepted. If you haven't received that, you can't give it. And so I want all of what he has for me because then I can give even more to others. But it's it takes some suffering. It does <laughs> to to walk through that. And mm-hmm. we're all still, we're all still aiming toward that.
3: I think about Jesus who interrupts the stoning of a woman. And as all the Pharisees drop their their stones, their rocks, and Jesus goes and says, you know, where are your accusers? And then he he ultimately ends the conversation from what we understand is go and sin no more. Mm-hmm what's the impetus for her to go and sin no more i have Mm -hmm. been that that dude demonstrated love in a way that i can't wrap my arms around maybe i have value maybe i have worth who knows what kind of lies she was believing about herself Mm -hmm. that potentially got her in that circumstance what was broken inside of her and and by jesus himself validating her loving her rescuing her showing her grace that's just unbelievable How much did that turn her life around? And then therefore she sinned less. That's just one dimension of love covers a multitude of sins.
2: Yes. Yeah, I love that because he said, I don't accuse you either. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't accuse you. And, And it's like, I mean, God saying to her, I don't accuse you, takes away that bat the enemy had that he was constantly beating her with about who she was and what she she had done and what she was doing. You know, the guilt the enemy tries to use, you know, for feeling guilt over any of the wrong things that we've done. There's some appropriate conviction from the Holy Spirit that may be in that. But the guilt that says that I'm bad and that I can't be forgiven and that I'm a horrible person and all of those tapes that play in our head, that that's the thing that Jesus died to take away, right? The enemy's bat that he would use against us because we did sin, do sin, right? But he took that away and his truth causes that to be a reality in our hearts when we receive it. So I just see her like the revelation coming to her that he doesn't accuse her, probably the first person ever in her life that actually did not condemn her for the way she was acting. How freeing is that? And we see that when we do ministry with people and when in our own ministry sessions, you know, we know how that feels and what it looks like to have him come and not accuse, but instead love. And, and that revelation that that's the way he is just sets people free and has set us free. It's just so beautiful. That shift and that change and receiving of his love is so beautiful.
3: That makes me think of somebody that I saw, maybe nine months ago or so, and uh, had several sessions. And the reason she came was the loss of her husband, he'd been gone for two and a half years or so. And people were saying, Well, you should get over it. (laughs) Right? Mm -hmm. But there was this hole left in her life, and there is the truth-based pain of losing a spouse like that. But as she stepped into the process, one of the key places she went to was a memory when she was about seven years old and just watching her mom just uh, dismantle dad right in front of her, just emotionally, just cut him down and just all the... Um, hurt she felt for her dad because it just didn't feel like it was very fair coming from her mom. And then because she didn't stop it, there's this, it's my fault as well. I should have Mm -hmm. stopped it. It's my fault kind of thing. And when, when she felt like just this lightness come over that memory, the idea that it wasn't her fault, that it wasn't her idea to, you know, or her need to stop it. Like she was just a little girl then somehow that connected to a very (laughs) huge degree the tie to her husband that she'd lost.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: She just wanted to, like she realized to some extent how much she's just was, would be a, an enabler or a rescuer of him at times. And then he's gone. There's nothing for her to do in that arena. Mm-hmm. And it's just, from what you said, it's just, it's really lessened a lot of the grief too. And it's changing her in more ways than just that. But that's the kind of stuff that we just see on a regular basis. It can only be the Holy spirit doing that stuff.
2: Yeah, man, to have the eyes of Jesus, to be able to be with the person and actually see all that, right? Because he saw it, you know, it was no mystery to him. We're, we're not quite there yet <laughs> 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 where we can be with the person and we may sense a lot of things, but he really knows, right? He knows it's to the core and man, to be like him, to be able to see that and, and address it. And we, we ask questions to help the person see it and address it. So the, the result still happens. It just takes a little bit longer because (laughs) we're, we're not perfect in our ability, you know, and that's not really our job anyway, Mm -hmm. to be able to see their hearts completely.
0: Yeah. And like, I like this passage in 1 Peter just because it makes me think a lot. And, you know, it's, it's tough to digest, and I like those sort of things. And something that I was thinking about a lot is another passage, and I believe Paul was talking about he was writing from prison, as Paul does, and he was writing to people like his supporters, and they were telling him, Paul, people are spreading your message, but they're mocking it as they do it. And Paul said, great blessings, because what the world has meant for evil, God will use for good, you know? And it makes me kind of think of suffering in general, too, you know, like even just the things that people go through, what the world has meant for evil, God can and will use for good, you know? I know guys who have gone through, you know, intense, intense Battles with anger and never had victory until they found it in Christ. And because of those battles, because of that suffering, because of that general, you know, subjugation by this thing, they can help people who are also going through that as well. They're uniquely gifted to be like, yeah, well, I was also an angry person. I was there. I understand the rage that you feel like the fire that feels like it can't be controlled. I kind of Mm -hmm. understand where your brain is at. So let me walk you through, not as someone on the outside who has never been angry, but someone who still has the burn marks Mm -hmm. uh, from that fire. I'm telling you, you can be done with this. I'm telling you, you can be free of this, that sort of thing. You know, like it, the suffering in and of itself is, is terrible. But God can take that and from that, he can uniquely gift people to reach out and end that suffering in other people or, you know, at least guide them to Christ, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I think it's it's fascinating. It's really fascinating.
2: Yeah. He's so faithful to do that.
0: Absolutely. And it's totally in line with God, right? Like, to take something that was meant to subjugate us and then to use it for his glory he really likes to um to humiliate his enemies you know and that includes like ah you were trying to capture my son with anger well now i've given him peace and since he's been through that suffering he can reach out to other people who are suffering from anger you know and it all leads back to christ it's awesome i love it
2: yeah
3: and to throw another wrench in the conversation, we can even yeah. jump over to the first chapter of uh, Colossians, I think. In chap- in uh, verse 24, he says, this is Paul now, now I rejoice in what I am suffering for you, and I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, which is the church. <sighs> what does it mean? Yeah, where to even begin with that? Like. <laughs> I understand what he's saying when he says, I rejoice in what I'm suffering for you. I don't know if I can relate to it, but I can understand. (laughs) Like me speak English, but. um, Right, right. Yeah. That's his perspective. Like he is suffering for them. He's in, you know, chains or been beaten or all those different things that he went through. But what does it mean when he says, I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions? Was was Christ's suffering not sufficient?
2: Well, when I read that, it sounds like he's saying what is lacking in myself in regard to Christ's affliction. Yeah, that's what I gained. I'm from continuing that. to press in to, but I don't know. That's a tough passage because it's almost like he's saying Christ suffered all of these things. I've only suffered some of it. So I'm filling up the rest. Like I'm working toward filling up. the Right, rest.
0: right, right. I'm meeting my yeah, Jesus quota. Like, Yeah,
2: I don't know that that's what he means. That's.
0: I mean, my gut feeling on that, and I'm so okay with being wrong, but like the gut feeling that I have on that is, is that Paul is really, really going through it and he's really feeling it. So he's saying, you know, like, yeah, no, I'm glad I'm suffering, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm meeting my quota. I'm going to catch up to Christ pretty quick if this keeps up, you know, but at the same time, I've never been in an ancient prison. It's probably terrible. Like it's probably a lot of suffering. So, but at the same time, I really appreciate that at the beginning of that he's saying, you know, you know what? It's worth it for the sake of the body, for the sake of the the body of Christ.
2: Well, he'll never take on the sins of the world and the suffering of the world. So, if that was his goal, <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah no, way. no, somehow I doubt together.
2: that. Somehow I doubt that Paul was saying that. <laughs>
3: right. No, we're we're more than happy. And I've preached it a lot or t- taught it a lot about identity in Christ, like our identity in Christ. Mm-hmm. But I think that's different than identifying with Christ.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, right. we can say we're a Christian, right? That little Christ, that's what that means. Oh, you know, I follow Jesus and you have all the right terminology. But to identify with him in his of course in all the good things i am happy to love grace mercy kindness peace all the things jesus brings right but also Mm -hmm. to identify in his sufferings it's not that he hasn't suffered enough but it is i think for the sake of the body of christ that the more that i can identify with him unite myself with him not in the big unite but in the day-to-day unite and offer that to him, and invite him and say, Lord, I know you know this. what I'm suffering right now. And again, that intentional idea of being drawing ourselves closer to him, not just in all the good stuff, but in the suffering. And then there's also in the righteousness and the justice side of things, too. But I think what Paul's trying to say, to some extent, and there's a big debate, but it's just, at the very least, it's this idea of, uniting ourselves with
2: him at every level. Yeah. And that takes us back to what we started with, with in first Peter four, because he says, whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. And as a result, they do the will of God. So yeah, if he's, if that's happening to him, which we know it was, and, and I can think about in our, in my own life, in the times that I've had suffering and suffering for Christ, which is being persecuted for things that I believed or that I said, or walking into places that were completely anti-Christian and being a Christian and what that looked like and all of that. To the degree that I've done that, it it made me press into the Lord and actually realize just how much he did for us and just the drop that I experienced. So, Yeah, it just goes right back to what we were talking about earlier, that you stop following your own evil desires. The more you suffer for him, you become more convinced, more willing, more free to do his will and not your own, which is should be our goal, right? As followers of Jesus.
0: Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah, speaking of goals, that's kind of how. Paul ends the first chapter, not that he knows there's chapters when he's right in it, but right, he, right. Sa- he says, Christ is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone, what? Fully mature in Christ. That's our goal, is full maturity in Christ. Mm-hmm. And Because the- that says a lot. And then to this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. like. The idea of strenuously contend. I think some people who come in to see us, they're strenuously contending just to get there. I I wish I kept account of all the people who said, I was going to cancel earlier today. Yeah. Glad you didn't.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The fight just in the parking lot, just like, okay, just gotta go. Yeah.
3: Oh no. I've watched people in their cars their first time. And not that I'm, you know, spying on them. I could just yeah. see. Steve's
0: oh, in the bushes. Um <laughs> that's right.
3: <laughs> oh, you know what? They parked 10 minutes ago and now they're probably coming in. Now they could be on some phone call that I didn't notice, but I think there's some sure, times where sure. they're just having this argument with themselves about whether they're ready to do this or not. Oh, totally. Totally.
0: I think kind of going back to a really early point that Mary brought up, as far as uh some people have said, like, yeah, I listen to the podcast and it all sounds so simple. I would agree that to some degree it is simple, but I would never say it's easy, especially for your first time. You know, I think it's tough. Like it was tough for me my first time, you know, even though it was a very simple task, like go back you know, like let God take you to this place and then talk about where he's taking you. And I knew like God immediately brought me to where I need to be, but I couldn't get the words out for like a few minutes. And I'm like, in my own head, I'm like, this shouldn't be hard. I should be able to just talk about this. And then there's a whole other side of me that's like, no, nope, you can't talk about it. That makes it real. That sort of thing. So yeah, I, I would agree you know, to, with some extent to some of our viewers. Like, I think it is straightforward you know, when people say simple, I think it's straightforward. I wouldn't say it's easy. I think it takes courage. I think it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of trusting on in God and it's absolutely worth it. A hundred percent for sure. This has been the Cross Council Podcast. Please remember to subscribe, rate, share with your friends and look for us on social media the world will become a much better place and Jesus will be seen in a much better light the more we are transformed by his truth and love. We'll see you next time, everybody.